The following is a Poppy Chulo Radio original program. Get up close and personal with some of your favorite male porn stars on One on One with Poppy Chulo. Created by Poppy Chulo, One on One showcases exclusive interviews with the adult industry's most popular male performers. Here's your host, Poppy Chulo. Welcome to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Today is Friday, December 8th, 2023. Listeners, please welcome Gay Adult Star on the Rise and Men.com exclusive talent, Dom King. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm excited to be here. It's fantastic to have you on. You have been redonkulously buzzworthy, sir. Like, the amount of buzz that you've been getting, the amount of work that you've been getting, the types of studios that you've been doing this work with. Like, major props to you. You have had quite an incredible 2023. Yeah, I've been working. I've been keeping busy and hustling. (laughs) Right? In a major way. We're going to get into all of that because I want to pick your brain about everything. But before we jump into all of that, uh, I typically like to start off these one-on-one interviews by getting some unique stats out the way. So what's your height and weight? Um, 5'11". My weight fluctuates 180, low, 200 is like the highest. What's your ethnic background? Um, My mom is second generation Italian and my dad, um, he's white but born and raised in um, Jamaica. My granddad actually still lives there. So that's something a little different about me. What's your zodiac sign? Uh, I'm a Pisces. Creative, sensitive, and imaginative. And how old are you? 32. All right, let's get to know a little bit about the man behind the performer. And I'm going to start off with just a general question. Who is Dom King? Hmm, who is Dom King? Um, God, I've never really been asked to define who's Dom King. Um, I don't know, I guess he's, he's my alter ego. Uh, that really is me. Um, he, he's taken the industry by storm, and that's the plan. <laughs> right? Yes. I'm really excited to talk to you about that because, good grief, your journey has been incredibly fascinating to watch, you know, sort of like as an outsider looking in. It's been incredibly interesting. But before we get into all the industry stuff, where are you originally from? Where did you grow up? Uh, I'm from Dearborn, Michigan, which is the suburbs of Detroit, uh, born and raised, and I'm oh. still here now. Awesome. So what was uh, young Dom King like? What was your life like growing up? What were you like growing up? Um, I would lived a pretty average Midwestern life. Um, I had two older sisters, lived with my mom and dad growing up. Uh, so pretty standard. Um, I was really active in school. I was a swimmer most of my life. Um, I was class president, so I was pretty social. Um, and, yeah, I would say it was pretty pretty normal for a kid in the closet in the Midwest. Um, I had a lot of uh, flamboyant tendencies. Uh, I loved Spice Girls. Uh, Bring It On was the movie that was probably constantly played in my household growing up with two older sisters. Um, so I kind of, I guess, uh, mimicked my sisters a lot growing up. Um, and then, yeah, I'd say 
I would say I lived a pretty normal Midwestern life, like, all together. All right. Zigga zigga. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Well, let's talk about it. Since you, you opened the door to the closet right now it, with the, your answer, let's talk about your sexuality. So you're in the Midwest, as you mentioned, closeted. When did you first start discovering your sexuality? Um, it's hard to say. Uh, you always have to ask the question, when did you know? Did I know back then? Uh, you live in fear and denial most of your life. So it's, when did I finally come to uh, the acceptance is hard to say. Um, I grew up really sexually attracted to men but didn't really understand it. Um, I used to, like, return um, recycling cans, and I would buy, like, bodybuilding magazines. Uh, growing up, because I loved the male physique. Um, I had a serious girlfriend through college, so it wasn't really until the end of that relationship that it started coming really out. Um, in the beginning, we would have sex, but then I kept on watching more and more gay porn, and that's basically what I wanted to do was jerk off to gay porn. Um, so at that time, the relationship wasn't working, we split our ways. Uh, a couple years after that, I started really coming out. Um, the first year, I couldn't even utter the words I was gay. When I was coming out to all my close friends, I would tell them, like, oh, I like dudes. So that was about, like, a year or two until I was actually like, I'm gay. And I was, like, proud of it, and this is who I am. Was the coming out process difficult for you? I mean, you know, you're a millennial. Times are sort of different nowadays with Generation Z and even Generation Alpha, you know, with just the amount of uh, visibility and, uh, you know, acceptance, you know, versus, you know, 10, 20, 30 years ago. Uh, so was the process, was it a difficult process for you? Um, mentally, yes. Um, my atmosphere, I wouldn't, or my environment, I wouldn't say that that was a difficult one. Um, it was mostly just me, myself, accepting it. Um, it's kind of like I was saying goodbye to who I used to be. Um, I came out, let's see, I had to be like 25, 26-ish. So it's like I spent 25 years of building this person that now I'm saying all of a sudden, well, that's all, all the lie, and... I'm this other person that I've been lying for the past couple of years, at least. Um, so it was hard to say goodbye to who you used to, who you were, and it was harder to come out to people that you've known the longest than I could meet someone at a party and be like, "Oh, I'm gay." But telling someone that you had such a history with that was always really hard. Um, but doing it always felt like jumping out of a plane, the adrenaline rush. I was able to come out to like all my close friends one on one, so that was really nice. Um, but everyone was supportive, um, so I didn't really ever have a negative, um, negative effect. Um, I ended up writing a letter, I think around COVID, right before COVID I think happened, I had written a letter to my ex-girlfriend, basically coming out to her, um, because I wanted her to hear it from me and kind of thing. Um, so that was like a big growing process, like a big acceptance that I did to take accountability and whatnot and own who I was. Absolutely. That's really interesting. That, wow. That, that must have been a very difficult in I'm the no sense, parent. you know, just because it's so, the situation is so unique, you know what I'm saying? So it must have been, yeah. not, maybe difficult isn't the word, it must have been daunting to have had to have written 
the letter, you know, because you want to let her know, but still it's, you know, this is you, you know, coming out with your personal truth and you don't know how it's going to be received. I'm no Carrie Bradshaw, but I would say it was a very uh, good letter. And then that letter kind of helped me come out to like kind of the rest of my family and even the ones like my mom, I was already out to, but it kind of helped her. I was able to read her the letter and that kind of helped with me coming out because it wasn't like I was addressing her in my relationship. So she couldn't become defensive or something. So it was easy for me to basically kind of read this letter, this story, um, and for them to listen, to understand. Totally. And just like that, yeah. Tom King is gay. <laughs> Yes, exactly. Fantastic. All right. So let's start driving into the direction of you and the industry. So what was going on with your life just prior to entering the adult entertainment industry? Um, Yeah, so I had um, graduated from college, and then from college I had gotten an internship while in college, uh, but then finished my business degree, and then that internship left. Uh, led to a job that kind of led to at about a 10-year um, um, experience in uh, executive support. I was either like an executive assistant, project manager for some high-end entrepreneurs in the Detroit area. Um, so I did that for about 10 years, uh, and that kind of really learned, taught me the the skill set and the fundamentals that I really needed for this career. Uh, just like the efficiency, I learned Photoshop, video editing, because um, I was kind of a, um, a hat with all trades or whatever the saying is. Um, so I picked up a lot of skills, communication, email, scheduling, travel, all of that. Uh, so I was doing that for 10 years. My last position, I wanted, I was looking for more of a creative outlet. Uh, so I was applying to positions. Nothing was really catching. This was, well, actually, COVID happened, so I I kind of felt like I was stuck at my job for a while because they had treated me very well during COVID, so I couldn't just up and leave. So I kept on prolonging leaving, and then when I finally started applying, um, nothing was really grabbing, and that's when I started my OnlyFans. That was about three years ago. I mostly started it because I would always get asked on Instagram, do you have more photos? Uh, so I needed an outlet to send them to because I was getting people daily asking me, and I was like, this is money I could be making. So I did my OnlyFans. It was all PG content, just everyday gym posts, flexing, selfie, all of that. I did that for a year. I built up a following. Um, at that time, I was like, okay, I want to make more money. How do I do that? Obviously, you got to step up your game. So after a year, I released my first dick pic. That brought up my sales a big amount, added another zero to that. And then I was like, I was hungry. I was like, I want more. So how do I got to do that? I got to do collabs. So I posted a dick pic with my best friend who own, who has an OnlyFans also. And that brought up my, my, um, my monthly growth. So then I was like, okay, this is something I want to do. I want to make more money. I want to grow. And instead of going the route of OnlyFans, of hitting, knocking out all these collabs and trying to build myself, I was like, I got to go big or go home. And the fastest way to do this is to jump into studio porn. Uh, I looked at it as the free marketing, build my name, 
Um, in the beginning, I thought I would just do it for a couple films, so I'd have kind of some street creds behind me, um, and then it ended up becoming bigger than I thought it was going to be for me. Um, I started off with Lucas Entertainment, got that by, I was getting offers from other studios at that time uh, through like social media, Reddit. Uh, they were giving me some offers. I looked at my porn collection and I thought, well, who do I want to work for? Whose style do I like? Lucas Entertainment stood out to me. There wasn't any acting, the campiness. Um, it was more just like the aesthetic of it was more masculine. So I had messaged Michael Lucas and was like, hey, I'm getting these offers. Uh, I want to work for you. In 24 hours, we had a Zoom call, and he told me what uh, his offer was. It was a week long in Puerto Vallarta, Mexico, that which I had never been. Uh, it was about 30 guys from all around the world. There weren't that many Americans, so that was pretty cool. Um, so we went to PV. We filmed for – the production was two weeks, but I was only there for a week. Everyone's really only there for a week. Um, had met guys from all around the world that I wouldn't really be connected with through OnlyFans, um, like Alan King and guys like that. Um, so that was a great experience. I loved, like, the male camaraderie that we had. Every night we would go out to dinner uh, with the group. Um, so I really liked that, the male bonding, because usually when – what I didn't want to do, the other studios, was you fly in to, let's say, Vegas or San Diego, you go do your suit, you go back to your hotel room, and you fly home. I wanted more of an experience, so this I really got a full experience with it, with meeting people, uh, learning different cultures. Um, so that was a really great thing. So I did that in June last, not, let's see, 2022. That's when I filmed with Lucas. Um, and I didn't want to do OnlyFans collab until my studio work came out. So I was waiting for a while uh, for my Lucas scenes. And then that's when an agent had hit me up about getting more work. Uh, so I told him some studios I wanted to work for. Uh, at that time, I told him I did not want to work for men.com. Um, so he submitted me to the studios that I had requested. They had all turned me down. Uh, and then he comes back and was like, well, I submitted your name for men.com, um, and they really want you. So at that time, I'm like, well, no one else is biting. Men came back to me and said, you can pick a performer, and we won't do um, a skit or a script. It will just be straight to sex. Um, so I flew in, um, ended up meeting the production team that I ended up loving, and filmed with them. It was a pretty quick scene. Um, and I loved the production team so much that I was like, I, I'll come back. I'll do a little more. So they end up having me back in the fall to do more of a script. And that's when I really fell in love um, doing it. Um, what I thought that I was going to hate the most is what I ended up loving the most. Because um, it's more of like a creative outlet. You get to be fun. Uh, during the scene, you're laughing just because of how ridiculous it is. Um, so that's kind of how where my men started. And then in between that, uh, Alan King, who I had worked with, uh, during Lucas, we had room together. He had connected me with cocky boys and called cocky boys. And was like, you got to film this guy. He's great. So I connected with cocky boys and I filmed with them a year ago, starting a year ago in December. Um, and then 
that December, that's when all my scenes started coming out, my men.com, my Lucas, and my cocky boys. So it was a pretty big month. And so I kind of say that's when I started. Uh, June was when I started filming, but December is when it all, Don King really came alive. And then, so almost a full year, uh, summer rolls around, and then men had offered me a full-time contract. And for me, that was the best business decision. So it's been history after that, and no regrets. I love it. You you answered a lot of my questions, which I do appreciate, but now I have a lot of follow-up <laughs> questions for you because you just gave uh, your fans and the listeners and even myself a whole bunch of information. So what I want to do right now is rewind a little bit. So you're taking photos, sexy photos, physique photos and all this kind of stuff. Then all of a sudden people want to see more. And that's where the OnlyFans came into effect. So my question mm-hmm. for you is, Prior to people sort of inquiring about more photos and, you know, this sort of like budding fandom that was developing that wanted to see more and more and more and literally more as in like close off uh, from Tom King. Prior to that happening, had porn ever been an idea of something that you wanted to try or experience? I know that you referenced that you were a big porn fan prior to entering the business. So had you ever thought about it? Had you, had you ever said to yourself, you know, this kid from Michigan can actually or should, you know, venture into the adult entertainment industry? Kind of. Uh, I always want, I have said this uh, before to old colleagues I used to work with that I would love to work in porn. Uh, back then, though, I always thought of myself behind the camera. Um, I always thought, like, I could write these scripts. I have such an imagination that I have the perfect idea um, for all these ideas. And it wasn't really until later, right up before it, that I was like, I guess like, I could be in front of the camera. Um, so that's how it kind of started. So I've always had a knack for porn and wanting to get into it. Just never thought of myself in front of the camera. All right. Well, clearly you are in front of the camera and the camera loves you and the fans (laughs) love you. So that, that was quite the shift. Okay. And the other thing that I want to sort of pick your brain on is, uh, the Lucas production, you know, you're outside of the country. It's an international production with all of these men from various countries. This is, um, I would call it, this is you being introduced into the gay adult industry by being tossed into the deep end of the pool. You know what I'm saying? Like, for the most part, Definitely. you know, a, a typical performer's first time isn't a week you know, in Mexico, like shooting sort of back-to-back scenes, you know, it really is, you know, you go to the sets, exactly, you do one, you meet one performer, this out of the other, I mean, kind of like being tossed into the deep end of the pool would be like maybe in a threesome or something like that, no, typically it's a one-on-one scene, but here you are, you fly out of the country, and you're doing all of this scene work over the course of uh, a week, you know, basically at a content house in Mexico, you know, for Lucas Entertainment. What was that experience like? Because as I said, it's sort of like the deep end of the pool. It's not the typical very first time. It's sort of like the the very first time to the nth degree. It's like multiplied and multiplied and multiplied because this is a big damn deal. So what was going on in your mind, you know, during that week, especially that very first scene that you shot um 
Well, I agreed to do Lucas in March. That was my birthday. I had, like, a midlife crisis of, like, what I want to do with for the rest of my life. So that's when I had talked to Lucas. And then we didn't film. I didn't go away to Mexico until June. So I had a bunch of, a few months to really process and think about it. Uh, when I got there in Mexico, I was so excited that nervousness never even crossed my mind. Um, I was gung-ho, let's do this. Uh, I was eager. Um, and I was excited. I took it all in. And I, I say that Lucas was kind of a porn star boot camp. Um, he runs a tight shift. So I feel like the route that I went first, Lucas, then dabbled in men, cocky boys, uh, was kind of perfect. Um, cause I feel like Lucas really made me a great porn star, um, because it was back to back day shootings, um, and not like one, two, and then you get a call three months later after your scene got released and it got views and they got the comments and whatnot. Um, so it was, I feel like it definitely, I had to, um, grow up, I guess, fast or, uh, in like the porn, um, cause I had to be like a strong contender, um, they were looking at me like, um, you got to sometimes, um, hold it or carry the scene. Um, but I was confident. I loved it. And yeah, I guess been history ever since. I love it. Very awesome. Good grief. Okay. So the thing that I guess it's sort of a follow up, but, uh, you kind of answered it. I just want you to expand upon it a little bit more. So you referenced that, you know, when you were asked about what other studios you wanted to work with, you said no to men.com, which is hilarious because now you're a men.com exclusive. But the reason that you said no is because of the acting. So what was it about the acting? Was it that you were a little bit nervous? Did you find sort of like porn, um, setups and, and skits and that sort of thing a a little bit cheesy? Like what, what was it about it? Was it a little bit of nerves or was it just like, ugh, I don't, I don't really know if I want to be an actor per se in these scenes. Um, yeah, I would say that I never really did acting. Uh, I never really thought of acting. Uh, to me, it was like two jobs. It was the porn work and then the acting. Um, so that it just, and I thought they were cheesy. I wasn't into them. Uh, but now, like, a porn comes out, and I'm, like, watching only the beginning because that's all I care about. Um, <laughs> so, and then it ends up giving me that creative outlet because I try to think of, like, oh, how can I make this character my own? If it's, uh, I've done one with, like, kind of a Jersey accent or if it's me bringing jewelry that I own or clothes. Um, so I get to kind of put my mark on my character. I really like that. Um, but just, it's a lot of fun, um, to shoot the scenes. Um, yeah, so I guess it's just enjoyable. I laugh a lot and yeah. All right. So in total, you've been in the industry now for, would you say a year and a half or do you say a year? I know people sometimes, you know, it all depends on. You know, everyone sort of has their own when they feel like they officially started. You know, sometimes it isn't always when they shoot a scene. Sometimes people count it when the scenes start getting released. So how do you define it? How do you personally say, like if someone, well, I'm asking you right now. So if someone were to ask you, you know, technically I'm asking you right now, how long have you been in the industry? Um, I like to say, I like to say the year that my, uh, a year because of my scenes that rolled out. 
because um, during that almost six-month period, nobody knew who Dom King was. Uh, so I feel like I lost <laughs> you lose time on that. Um, so I, I like to say a year because that's when it really exploded, started rolling out. Uh, but I guess now over a year. All right. And you seriously made up for all that time for those six months, like, in a big way. So you need to pat yourself on the back for that. All right, so let's talk about the name, Dom King. I always feel like, you know, performers need to pick the right name. It's got to be something that the uh, fans can associate with you, something memorable and all that kind of stuff. So for you, you know, how did you come up with your performer name? Where did the name Dom King come from? Yeah, this is probably the hardest part of porn is uh, picking a name. Um, I feel like that really delayed me getting into the industry was I just couldn't decide on a name. Uh, my first, my only fans was, was Cat Gentleman because every word was taken. So I was doing like synonyms for uh, Lion and King. Um, so I finally rebranded that after a year. Um, and I think that's when I went to Don King or I was King Media first because I couldn't get the rights to Don King OnlyFans, uh, for a while. And, but I went with Don King. So this is an exclusive. Everyone thinks that Dom means dominant, but it really isn't. It's supposed to mean just like Dom, like the name, but I got the word from kingdom. I just split kingdom in half, Dom King, because my saying is this is my kingdom and I'm all about a brand. I love the Lion King, Lion King. Um, so Kingdom just kind of fit into that. That's fantastic. I, I, Yeah, that is amazing. And it works, and it's a good name. It's a memorable name. Yes, I am enjoying the Dom King brand. That was a really great choice with the name. Thank you. You're welcome. All right, so in general... What do you enjoy most about starring in porn scenes? Um, uh, my favorite part is when the scene comes out. Uh, like you get the trailer or whatever, and I get so excited for it uh, that I'll watch it like a hundred times. Um, and everyone that comes out is just as exciting as the last for me. Um, so that's probably my favorite part. Um, but I love the now the creativeness. I love, like, the glitz and the glam. Um, I love studio porn more than OnlyFans, even though OnlyFans is my moneymaker, just because it's a bigger production. Um, These ideas I usually can't um, orchestrate by myself, come up with, or uh, just implement these bigger ideas, locations, stories. Um, So that's that's probably one of my... uh, other favorites, anytime that there's a script, I'm, like, texting my producer, like, do we get the script yet? Do we get the script yet? Um, so all of that. I love it all. Very nice. Something that I love talking to performers about that I feel that the sort of, like, casual porn viewer doesn't really realize is that when you do have sex on camera, especially when you're working with the major studios, the major production companies, the major websites, you have to have sex 
a different kind of way than you typically would uh, in your personal life. You have to do something that's right. called in the industry, it's called being open for the camera. You have to open up for the camera so that the viewers, you know, so that we can see all the good stuff. You know what I'm saying? So that we can see the penetration mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. How difficult was it for you to sort of have to adjust to opening up for the camera? Was it difficult? It Was it easy to do? Was it something that you sort of had to be a little bit more cognizant of as you started to do the scenes? Uh, no, I feel like I've, I had watched enough porn throughout my life that it just came, kind of came natural to me. Um, but then you do realize that that really isn't sex. Like opening up is not, or yeah, opening up, you're not in these positions that really feel good or you're just doing it for the camera. So there is definitely now I can differentiate um, like porn sex and real sex. Um, and they are kind of night and day. Um, but yeah, in the beginning it just came natural for me. Um, I'm used to like kind of posing in a mirror. So I felt like that kind of helped me. Let's talk about the good and the bad about being on a porn shoot. When you're on set, when you're shooting a scene, what turns you on the most and what turns you off the most? Um, my biggest turn on is a smooth hole that will usually get me hard right away um my biggest turn off usually body odor um i made some comments to some guys i think it's like so rude like you got to be uh considerate of your of your um of your guest or your co-worker um so probably body odor and because not everyone likes that so you got to be uh, desirable by the, the masses, not just your little niche. Um, and then usually it's sometimes hard for me to build chemistry with someone that's in a relationship because um, that's just like in the back of my head that, like, I don't know, it's kind of more fake to me. Performing. Let's break a porn scene down. In a scene, which do you enjoy the most in regards to oral, giving or receiving? Getting ahead. In a scene, in regards to rimming, which do you enjoy the most, giving or receiving? Um, giving. What's your favorite sexual position to perform for the cameras? It usually depends on what we're doing it on. Um, in my real life, I would say missionary always. Um, sometimes missionary for porn, um, them on their back, I always think is really hot. Or doggy, I feel like I can perform pretty well for the camera. Um, but in my personal life, I hate doggy because <laughs> I like face-to-face uh, -face sex. Um, so, yeah, doggy, you don't, you don't get that eye contact. And, of course, we know how a scene ends with the pop shot, the cum shot, the money shot. In a scene, where's your favorite place to shoot your load? Um, maybe their face because it's fun. Since we're on the topic of sex and performance, how would you describe your performance style? How would you describe your fuck style? What's the Dom um, King fuck style? I like to think I have some rhythm. Uh, people always comment about my ass. They love my ass when fucking. Um, and just like the motions that I make. Um, so I would say I try to fuck with chemistry too. Uh, so chemistry and rhythm, I would probably uh, define my sex style. 
I'm so glad you talked about your ass, because this leads me directly into my next question. This is a big question, I think, for a lot of uh, your fans and supporters that might be kind of curious or wondering, because thus far in the work that you've done, you have been the top. I would, I would <laughs> say strict top so far. Will there ever be a Dom King bottoming scene? I'm sure the listeners are curious, so uh, this is a question for them. Will we ever see Dom King bottom on film? Whether it's for a major studio, for your OnlyFans? Um, I, I say never say never. Um, I do every blue moon bottle, bottom in my own personal life. Um, I do want to right now keep that something intimate that I can have with someone that's off camera, uh, if I choose to, um, but there always is talks about my ass, so I feel like it would be a really big film. So one day, but I feel like I'm too new to, to agree to that yet. All right. That makes sense. 100%. So my question for you as a follow-up is, uh, have you at all in the back of your mind thought about who that person could be? You know, the person that would top you for the very first time on film. Do you have an idea? You don't have to name names if you don't want to, but I'm just asking, you know, um, is there an idea? I have, th- I have thought about it. Uh, like a lot of the big names, um, I don't really, wouldn't really want to do it with them uh, just because I feel like it's so cliche. Um but I do have a crush on Bruce Beckham. I think he is such a hot daddy uh, that I wouldn't mind bottoming for him. <laughs> All right. At least in my own personal life, I wouldn't. <laughs> oh, well, there you go. All right. I'll make sure I make a connection happen or something. <laughs> Let's get that on film or something. All right. Well, I'm already telling men.com. I'm like, you got to make this happen. <laughs> there you go. Men.com, listen to Dom King. I'm just saying. All right. So the other big question that I'm sure the listeners might be curious to know is about something else. Uh, how much is Dom King packing? New question was coming. Uh, I can truthfully, truthfully say that I've actually never measured my dick. Um, the one time that I attempted to when I was younger, got out the ruler, and I got close to my penis and just chickened out. Um, I never want to really know the number because uh, I feel like that puts me in the race that I know I'm not going to win. Um, so I like to just say I have a pretty dick instead of a big dick. Um, I know I'll probably have to know in this industry my exact, um, hopefully I'll get that deal with um, a, my own dildo. Um, so that's so I'm probably going to have to find out, but truthfully right now I don't exactly know, but I'm guessing I'm around eight. And you just said something really interesting. So the goal is for you to have your own dildo replica out there at some point? Uh, I'm looking at every business venture that I can get into. Um, so I'm down for it all. Very nice. Listeners, soon, maybe, you might be able to get the chance to uh-huh. uh, take a piece of Dom King home with you. A couple of questions ago, I asked you about the pop shot, sort of like just in general about the pop shot. So what I want to ask you now is, as a performer, 
when it comes to you know the performance aspect you on set knowing that you have to deliver the money shot i mean it's known as the money shot for a reason do you do anything in particular to prepare for that moment do you do anything to make sure that the pop shot for lack of a better word pops on camera yeah definitely uh my loads have definitely gotten better uh being in the industry because uh, uh, I've learned really hydration is the biggest key factor to the pop shot. And then I was learning that I wasn't really getting enough electric lights and, like, things like salt in my diet. Um, so I cranked that up, and they've been better ever since. Now, we've been talking about the productions that you've been in. You referenced, basically, that you, uh, you know, sort of, like, had an idea of, like, the studios that you wanted to work with and that sort of thing. So what I want to do right now with you is something interesting. You know, with all of, you know, this incredible work that you've been doing with some of the major blockbuster studios in the gay adult industry, I want to get your take on sort of, like, what are what are what are the things that kind of attracted you to wanting to work with each of the studios that you filmed with thus far? Um yeah, um, well Lucas in the beginning, I liked the aesthetic of it. It was masculine, the Mexico part. Um, at that time, it wasn't into the whole production of the acting. Um, now with men, it's the creativity aspect of it. Um, and then cocky boys. Um, I did that mostly for the boys. <laughs> there were particular boys that I wanted to work with that were working under cocky boys. So we kind of made that happen. Let's talk about the men.com exclusivity. So you kind of referenced how it came about. Uh, how long is the exclusivity for? Uh, so no normally it's six month increments. Okay, so it's been, has it been about six months already? No, so I just hit my three-month mark. Oh, okay, all right, good grief. With all the work that's come out, I thought you, you were deeper into it. Yeah, no, I had been working for men for about a year. Um, and there's not many exclusives in the history that become exclusive with having um, a history in other studios. Um, I know Joey Mills, he's probably like the one, the other one. Um, but so I'm lucky that, um, men saw something in me and wanted to keep it going. Um, then them just taking a new guy and making sure that he doesn't get on another studio. Um, so I was blessed for that because I feel like each studio kind of brings something different to my resume. Um, that I like that cause I have more of a variety of content. People like different things. Um, so it's good that I got the variety and I got the experience. Um, like when people, their first time is men, uh, I'm like, well, you don't even know what it's like out there. <laughs> That's too funny. That is the easiest. <laughs> yes. Well, let's talk about why men.com because this is your first exclusivity, right? Yeah. So why men.com as your first powerhouse studio to be an exclusive for? Um, yeah, um, I guess a couple reasons. One was the production company in San Diego. Um, I loved them so much. They've become really my friends. Um, so going out to film there is like hanging out with friends. Um, that's one reason. And then I knew men 
for what I wanted to achieve and what I wanted to do, men was going to be the right option because they have just the larger wheelhouse, them owning Pornhub. Um, I've been shooting a lot of commercials for them and ads that they've been running on sites like Pornhub, um, MyVed, um, stuff like that. So um, they really have the reach that the other studios don't have. And then just the scale of their productions. Oh, totally. Yeah, those are major productions. And we're actually going to get into that right now because I want to pick your brain on some of the most recent scenes that have dropped, that have featured you on Men.com. And the first thing that I definitely need to pick your brain on is this DP scene that you had with your co-stars, Big Dick Fig and Joey Mills. <laughs> Talk to me about it. And was that your first time DPing, period? Or was that just the first time you DP'd on camera? Uh, oh, no. Um, definitely not my first time. Uh, my first time was my first shoot, because uh, that was a threesome with uh, Bruno Gonzalez and Alex Cabrera. Um, so that was my first DP. Um, and then I've done a couple. I know one's coming out. Um, in a couple of weeks with Matt Ellis. Uh, that's another DP. Um, so I've done a couple. DPing is usually really easy for me because my dick is so straight that it's just so easy to go in. Another scene that certainly caused a lot of buzz online was the scene that you were paired up with Malik Delgady in which he bottoms. What was that scene yeah. like? Um, yeah, that was his second bottoming scene and with a uh, the first guy was a gay for pay, uh, so a little different this time. That was the first time really filming kind of with, like, another alpha, at least another alpha that's bottoming. Um, so that was kind of a different experience because, um, uh, yeah. Um, but we had to see the conflict. Um, it, Malik is a cool guy. I like working with him. Um but obviously it's a lot easier to work with a gay dude than a straight dude. Um, but it was exciting to get that. Malik had chosen me um, to be the top, so I was excited for that. Um, and it's like men's biggest film of the year. Um, yeah. <laughs> I don't have too much to say on that. It was a fun experience. Um, yeah. Another production that was a huge production for men, especially now at the end of the year, is this cowboy western epic, Even Cowboys Get Blue Balls. Talk to me about that production. Yeah, that one was actually the biggest one that I've done. We had mic packs on, um, drones. Um, we were shooting out in the middle of nowhere on multiple farm locations. Um, I have PTSD from flies. They were everywhere. Um, that was fun. That was dirty. Um, one of my favorite videos um, that I filmed, um, that was a long production. I was there in Montreal for a few days. Um, yeah, I was excited for that to come out. <laughs> and I'm happy with the end result of it. That's good to hear. And another scene, you know, going from like a big, large scale one to a smaller scale one, but, you know, a big damn deal nonetheless. Uh, your scene with Ashton Summers that dropped. Talk to me about that one. Yeah, I've always had a crush on Ashton Summers. He is so beautiful and probably one of the most photogenic people 
so I was excited. Uh, I kind of manifested that at men. I was like, I would love to work with Aston Summers. And literally that day, he had texted our producer and was like, I want to come back to men. Um, so it was just fate aligned. Um, I, I was really excited for this one because this one was kind of my, like, um, when I signed exclusive, exclusive with men. Um, this one was fun because, I don't know if I want to say fun, it was more, I felt sexy. Um, I loved, like, the artistic value it provided. Um, looking at, like, the footage, it, I really looked like I was in love. <laughs> um, so that was kind of a cool thing to see. Um, and just like the funny, campy um, videos that I've done. But um, Lies to Me with Aston, that's probably my favorite film. Um, and then I would say probably the uh, Cowboy Blue Balls, that's like my third or fourth favorite. You referenced favorites, so let's talk about them. Who have been some of your most favorite performers to work with? Now, I'm not necessarily looking for like a top three list or something like that. It does not have to be ranked or anything like that, just names that sort of pop up into your mind, and you're like, you know what, that was some damn good work. Uh, Joey Mills, he's a great performer. Uh, I've worked with him a few times. Um, I know if he's in it, it's going to be a great video. So Joey Mills, I'd say. Uh, Sam Ledger, I really liked working with. Um, we did a big OnlyFans uh, few videos, too. Um, I would say... Yeah, Sam Ledger, I like Shay Reynolds, Grayson Miles, those have all been great guys I've worked with. Alan King, I really love. Um, yeah, those are, those are some of my favorites to work with. Now let's talk about the future. Let's work on the power of manifestation. You know, we're at the end of 2023. It's been a huge year for you. But there's a lot coming in 2024. Who would you love to work with? Who's on Dom King's wish list as far as performers that you would love to work with in 2024 outside of Bruce Beckham? Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, let's see. I feel like I've been kind of like uh, hitting them all. Um, who is someone that I haven't worked with yet? I've done a lot of twinks. I wouldn't mind working for some bigger with some bigger guys like Garrett Bolt. Uh, he's got a great physique. Um, yeah, I'd say Derek Bolt is one of them. Uh, who else? Yeah, I kind of feel like I've been going through the men pretty fast. <laughs> so it would have to be some new people. Um, but I want to do a, a Felix Fox studio. I have my only fans with him, but I want to do a studio one with him. Um, so Felix Fox. Um, Kyle Fletcher I want to work with. Yeah, I guess just name a few. Are there any individuals in the industry that you look up to? Are there any performers in the industry or even behind-the-scenes people that inspire you with what you're trying to do with your slice of uh, the adult industry? Um, yeah, I would say probably Joey Mills I look up to because he's been smart with his money and his career. He's bought a a really nice house and was remodeling it. And I saw the Zillow price tag on that. That was not cheap. Um, so that kind of gave me motivation, like, oh, he's bought a house, he's bought a boat. Um, and then also Joey Mills has done a lot more where he's been on 
started doing reality TV, getting shows and gigs like that, so kind of really venturing off, because um, I feel like a lot of the other performers, top, uh, all I've done is porn, um, and that's kind of their only uh, party trick, uh, to where I'm trying to be the, if a person that I look up to in the industry would probably be Kim Kardashian. She started with a sex tape and then created this whole empire from that. Um, so I feel like that's kind of what I'm trying to do. I'm trying to say I'm the Kim, trying to be the Kim K of this industry. Um, I've been getting some um, some opportunities with some like fashion designers and more modeling stuff like that. Hopefully, maybe reality TV uh, one day. Um, so yeah, so I'd say Joey Mills and Kim Kardashian. <laughs> All right, the Kim K of gay porn. I love it. And I do exactly. know that there is a performer that you really admire, though, that you do post a lot about. That's, oh. that's no longer in the industry. Oh, yeah. I mean, if I could choose any porn star to work with, it would be Zev Atlas. That you wouldn't even have to ask me to buy, and I'd uh, volunteer myself for that. <laughs> you just uh, yeah, get on I your knees realize. and spread your cheeks. <laughs> Yeah, that is like the one gay for pay. Like I said that I wouldn't lose my bottoming Virginia on camera to a gay for pay. He, I will make the exception for. Um, yeah, he followed Zeb Atlas all when I was younger. He was like my biggest um, icon. Um, his videos, everything. Um, yeah, I followed him pretty, pretty deeply. His straight porn, his gay porn, all of it. Just out of curiosity, have you asked men to find Zeb Atlas for you? <laughs> I have not. I don't know if he's worked with men. Originally, when I was trying to pick uh, a studio, I had thought about doing Falcon just because that's the one that Zeb Atlas had worked for. That's incredibly fascinating. All right, look actually, at you. I think, actually, I think Zeb had done, I take that back, I think he had done men.com. But I think, I think he's been done with porn for a very long time. I don't see him coming back. He's got like a restaurant chain now. I trust and believe what you're saying because I did not know that. So that's interesting, interesting little bit of Zeb Atlas trivia for the listeners. Very nice. Yeah, he owns um, a restaurant. He's, like, part owner with this, like, bodybuilding tech, um, but it's called Protein House. There's, like, one in Arizona, one in Vegas. All right. That's, that's fascinating to hear. Okay. Okay, so what I want to do now with the interview is I want to sort of shift gears just a hair and talk about some of the more serious issues in the industry. And I want to get your take on, especially as someone that's a fresh face in the game, as well as someone that has just had an incredibly, redonkulously good 2023 first year, official year in the game. So the first thing that I want to ask you is... Um, are there any misconceptions or myths about porn performers that you would like to dispel? This one's hard because we're all so different. Uh, we're all doing it for different reasons. We all got into it for different reasons. Um, every guy that I meet is so different to the next. Um, so I would say we're not all the same. We're all in it for different reasons. And also that maybe we're not as sexual, I don't say not as sexual, but not as, people think like all I do is uh, hook up, and I really don't in my personal life. Um, so I guess not every porn star is as sexually fluid, um, I would say, as everyone else. 
Is there an aspect of uh, the industry that you do not enjoy? There hasn't really been an issue or a problem that I've had in the industry. Um, I've had, yeah, a good time and um, success, so I can't really name an instance that I was upset about something or something like that, bad experience. I've had all good experiences. In your opinion, as someone that's new to the industry, that's, you know, your star is rising at an exponential rate, is there any competition among performers in the adult industry? Do you feel like some performers are like, oh, why is Dom King getting all this work? Why I should be getting all this work. You know, is there a competition? Have you felt it? Um, I'm definitely competitive. Um, so like sometimes I would see other performers getting, uh, these other features and it's like, well, how was I passed up on? Um, but I would also say a lot of these guys' egos are so big that they don't even realize that there's a lot of competition. They're so into themselves. Uh, but I would definitely say, yeah, there, there is a competitiveness. Um, I do feel like when I signed with men, um, that kind of put, I don't want to say target on me, but a lot of people would want that men contract, um, and men doesn't work with everyone. So, um, I feel like there were probably some people that I had worked with from other, uh, studios that were probably a little jealous of that. Um, cause I noticed one unfollowed me right when I, someone that I worked with had unfollowed me from Twitter when I got the contract. Oh. Um, so I do, I do think, yeah, there is competitiveness in the industry. Um, yeah. Shake the haters off. Yeah. <laughs> Pretty hey, much. Good or bad, at least you're talking about me. Exactly. Let's talk about gay-for-pay performers. You briefly referenced it because you worked with a gay-for-pay performer, and it sounded like you wanted to say more sort of just about the subject. And, and I do ask performers in the gay industry, especially those that identify as gay, you know, what is it like to work with gay-for-pay performers? Uh, men.com does hire a lot of them. There are a lot of uh, men in Canada that do gay porn that are gay-for-pay. When I've interviewed performers, I always get an interesting sort of... Um, BTS type of tidbit about what it's like working with them and, and how, you know, the gay performer typically feels like they have to do a lot more work, you know, yeah. to make the scene convincing, you know, because, you know, like, like, let's say, not to name names or anything, but let's say gay for pay performer X, you know, doesn't kiss or doesn't do oral or this, that, or the other. So, you know, the actual gay performer has to do a lot of extra stuff to make it to oh, make yeah. it convincing. So I want to get your take on it. You know, as a gay performer, having to do scenes, you know, having to, um, or you know, getting uh, cast in scenes, however we want to word it, with gay for pay performers. What's it like for you? Uh, I mean, you kind of hit the nail on it. Um, I do feel like I've only worked with two. Uh, one was a threesome. Um, it is a lot more work for us. Because, <laughs> uh, yeah, we have to carry the scene, um, everything from the oral to the um, to just trying to have, make it look real and the chemistry. Um, so, yeah, it is a lot more work for us um, than it really is, I feel like, for them. Um, 
gay for pay, I go back and forth on it. Do I believe in it? What do I believe? I mean, I believe gay and straight is all a spectrum, so wherever you fall on that. If you're doing the action, to me, you're gay. Um, it just because you say you're gay for pay, I look at it as you just won't date men. But, I mean, you're getting your dick sucked, so you're doing the action, so you're gay. I feel like that's like um, like a drug addict saying, oh, I don't like drugs. I don't do drugs, but you do do drugs, so you are a drug addict. So, I don't know. If you're doing the action, I feel like you can't just say, oh, that's not me, but you're doing everything that we're doing, almost. Because then they don't, a lot of them don't kiss and stuff, and it's like, well, that's kind of like your inner homophobia, that that's where you draw the line at, is kissing, when the scene is you being gay and taking a dick up your ass. Um, <laughs> so I, I, that's a little crazy to me. I feel like a lot of these guys should be studied, because um, like what goes on in their head, I have no idea. I will just say this. As somebody that's been interviewing performers for 15 years now... Uh, gosh, when was it? Like maybe maybe seven years ago, seven to ten years ago, like the gay for pay niche, for lack of a better word, was like hot. Like everybody yeah. was like fucking gay for pay and all this kind of stuff. And uh, the studios, especially the gay porn studios, you know, in particular, like they were hiring all of these performers that were quote unquote gay for pay. And in my mind, much like what you're saying, I was like, okay, they have to maybe be bisexual. They have to at least be curious. Like, I don't know where they are on the sexuality spectrum, but they clearly can't be 100% straight if they are doing scenes where they're penetrating men. Some of them do kiss, so if they're kissing men, some of them do oral. You know, I guess maybe it all depends on the paycheck and that sort of thing. And I thought that the gay for pay genre or niche, or or title, I thought that was kind of being phased out, just because, you know, especially after OnlyFans, you know, really took over the industry, and, and performers kind of felt the freedom to express themselves how they want to express themselves, you know, if they want to work with a trans performer, if they want to do a bisexual scene, this or the other, there seem to be much more opportunities now in the year 2023 for a performer to really express their full sexuality on film. I felt like gay for pay was kind of sort of passe. I mean, sure, there are gay for pay performers out there, but I didn't really think that people were like actively using that title still, but apparently it still is being used and it's, it's a little strange to me, just because we are in 2023, and, you know, if you are bisexual, I mean, there really isn't that stigma anymore. I mean, just claim it. I mean, it really, I mean, it could yeah. be some internalized homophobia, or, you know, maybe it's just the right paycheck. I don't know. Yeah, totally. Um, yeah, I would say in porn, I feel like it's not as um, often, really. I feel like that's kind of dying the gay for pay in studio. But I still feel like it's going pretty strong in the OnlyFans, where there's a lot of gay for pay, a lot of queer baiters, um, all of that. And I'm all about being authentic um, with my content. Um, so that kind of, like, kind of annoys me. I'm not one that's fucking for followers. I'm fucking because there's some kind of chemistry there. I feel you on that. Let's talk a little bit about OnlyFans. Before we dive deep into your OnlyFans, I want to get your take on just... OnlyFans in general. I know that uh, OnlyFans 
recently, you know, they've been doing a lot of updates to their terms of service. I've been hearing from performers. Basically, they, they're saying that sometimes, like, a terms of service update will happen and, you know, something from, like, a year ago or, or more is getting flagged and this, that, out of the other. So OnlyFans is making it a little bit difficult for the adult content creators that are on their platform. I've also read from other and, and heard from other performers that some performers think that it might be more so, uh, you know, the credit card companies that are forcing them to sort of uh, make changes and that sort of thing. I don't know what it is. I just know that uh, performers have been actively talking about OnlyFans and adult content creators being targeted and getting their content flagged and this and that or the other. So I just want to get your take as someone who does use the platform a lot. I mean, as you said, you know, it's it's a big source of your income. Are you ever worried that one night, you know, you upload something that you think is going to be fantastic to OnlyFans and then all of a sudden the next day your account has been terminated? Are there other uh, options, or do you have backup plans just in case? Well, luckily, the studio porn, that's really grown where that was supposed to be just a small side hustle to where now I'm making a lot more money. So if something happened to my OnlyFans, I would feel protected uh, being with men. Um, I've, I have not ran into any issues, nothing being flagged. Um, I'm kind of a rule follower, so... I haven't broken any rules, and plus my collabing, it really only started last December a year ago when my studio came out, um, so all my older content was pretty PG. Uh, if it was like a dick pic or something, that's not going to violate anything, um, so I've not had any issues there. Okay, that's good to hear, because you know I've read a whole bunch of stuff. It, it's incredibly fascinating what yeah, many fans are doing. Yeah, I see a lot of guys talk about it. Yeah, it's interesting. Like, I don't really know what it means. They tried to do the thing, what was it, like two years ago when they were not going to have adult content on OnlyFans, and then there was like a huge revolt, and then they took that back. But it seems like all of these terms of service things, I mean, it's specifically targeting the adult content creators, which, I mean, let's be honest, built OnlyFans. You know, that's how it became so successful. Yeah, definitely. Um, yeah, I know they got, um, more stricter with, like, the tagging, um, before sometimes you could get away without tagging people, um, so they cracked down on that, but, I mean, just make sure you tag people, it's not an issue. Well, let's shift gears once more, and let's actually talk about your OnlyFans. So it's time for you to sell your OnlyFans to the listeners. Tell our listeners about, uh... Your OnlyFans, what can they expect to see on your OnlyFans? My OnlyFans, you can expect it all, uh, from solo to collab. Um, I release typically a a full video every week, and then during that week I also post um, gym pics, dick pics, uh, modeling photos, uh, short videos, trailers. Um, So I'm constantly posting uh, but, yeah, uh, full video every week, um, so that's always something to look forward to. Um, I'm really good with responding to all my fans. Uh, I'll have conversations about anything and everything. Um, I have one guy that just talked about Real Housewives with me, um, so that's great. Um, people say that I'm one of the most responsive people on OnlyFans. Um, to me, I look at it like it's I'm doing emails. Um, but I'm always checking it, always responding. 
Um, I get so many DMs on my social media, um, people saying such wonderful things and want to talk to me. And I can't stress enough that if you want to talk to me, you got to go through my OnlyFans. Because um, once every time I've responded to a DM, it just doesn't stop. They just then that's like an open line of communication for them. Um, so I really try not to respond to DMs just because when you give a mouse a cookie. Um, but if anyone wants to conversate with me, go on OnlyFans. I'll always message within usually 12 hours, if that. Um, and let's have a conversation about anything. Fitness, pop culture, wanting to know more about the studio, um, and all that. How often do you update it? Based off of what you said, I mean, pretty much there's something new every day? Almost new every day, yeah. Usually, like, Sunday I won't post. But, um, yeah, Monday through the week I'm posting. Um, if it's pics from uh, BTS, from, um, like, my studio work, I'll post. Um, but it's, like, a full video at least once a week that I'm posting, usually on Friday right before the weekend. Um, so, yeah, it's constantly pushing out content. Um, all of that. Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, I give props to all of you that are on, on OnlyFans or some of the other, you know, similar websites, just because, I mean, nowadays a performer, you have to be your own marketing person, your own PR person, yeah. your own hype team. It's crazy. Oh, totally. Like the amount of work that performers have to do nowadays. I mean, it isn't really just uploading something to OnlyFans. You have to promote, promote, promote so props to you on that as well as i mean you're your own talent booker like as well i mean you have to make these collaborations happen i want to get your take on it as someone who does you know all these great collabs on your only fans how difficult is it to book talent and um i would also have to say just based off of stuff that i read on social media I mean, my assumption is it can also be a little bit annoying trying to book talent, you know, not getting responses. You know, sometimes I've read where, you know, a performer will contact another performer for a collab and then all of a sudden they get blocked. Like, you know, people seem to be very particular about how they get approached yeah. to do a so scene. I, I typically only, not only, um, but I typically try to work with studio guys. Um, just because I know the level of professionalism that they're used to. Um, also, the testing is kind of important to me because uh, I know they're going to be tested regularly. Because um, if I catch something from an OnlyFans video, that's going to put me out of work for my studio. And studio is kind of my um, my my sole focus. Um, so I am... And usually I meet these guys through my studio work, um, like Shay Reynolds, Grayson Miles, Sam Ledger, all these big collabs that I've done. Um, I've met them through studio, and then it's like, oh, we can vibe. I, I like you. Uh, usually fly them out to Detroit uh, instead of me flying around the country, staying in hotels, getting Ubers, all of that. Um, so I prefer to do that than have kind of a, week, a short weekend with the guys, take them around Detroit. Um, so it's more of a bonding. There's more chemistry. Uh, it's not like a rush done, done, meet in a hotel, get your collab done, and separate. Um, so I kind of I enjoy doing that. Um, and then that way they're in my house, so I know that they can't cancel or <laughs> run away. <laughs> so I have full control. Um, but, yeah, that's usually how I, how I go about my OnlyFans is uh, being connected with them first. Um, 
Yeah, cause a lot of guys you meet from OnlyFans, when you meet them in person, it's like, oh, you're totally different than what I thought, and that's kind of a letdown. Can we talk about the cancellations? Because I know that that sort of runs rampant with OnlyFans and trying to collaborate with another performer. How annoying must it be, you know, when you have something set up and then all of a sudden it just falls through almost at the last minute? Very annoying. Um, it does happen to me. Um, and I just don't understand because it's like, let me help you. Like, <laughs> I'm trying to make us both mo- both money. Um, I guess some of these guys just don't have the work ethic. Um, I quote Kim Kardashian all the time, with, get your ass up and work. Um, there's only been one OnlyFans creator, Alejo, that had messaged me and been like, I have an idea. I have a place. I want an idea, a whole idea theme. Um, so I really don't get that a lot. And when he told me this crazy idea, I'm like, love it. Let's do it. Um, a lot of guys are lazy in this industry. Um, yeah, a lot of them just want to set up a tripod and film in their, like, tacky bedroom. And I'm just like, I'm not flying across country to L.A. for that. I love it. Dom King, you're a little bit of a bougie bitch, but I'm here for it because you have a brand. Like, you have a brand, and you have been doing so well this year. I, I love it. I love that you have standards. Oh, yes. totally. I'm trying to bring the gold standard back to porn. Fantastic. I love the sound of that. Now, as far as your content, is there anything that you aren't doing right now that you plan on adding in the future to your OnlyFans? Is there anything, you know, any scene type or something that you currently aren't doing that's sort of like an idea in your head that you want to implement on your OnlyFans soon? I have, like, ideas of stuff I want to do. Um, like, uh, like I've always wanted to do like a tent scene. So I bought a tent and set it up in my backyard and been filming in it. Um, so stuff like that, just ideas that I like to try to make all my videos for OnlyFans unique and different. Uh, cause when you're scrolling through OnlyFans and you just see hotel vid after hotel vid, you can't even remember if you saw it or not. So I like to try to make each one of my videos different. Um, like I would love to do a boat on a bow, at a pool, um, stuff like that. Get creative. Since we're talking about your content, what part of your body gets the most attention from your fans on social media? What, what's, yeah, what body part gets the most attention in, in regards uh, to when you release content or photos and that kind of thing? Uh, other than my penis, probably my butt. Um, and then probably like my hairy chest. Um, in person, people are very complimentative of my hair. Um, so yeah, I get, I get, I get a lot of compliments on a lot of body parts, my shoulders, being a swimmer, my back. Um, but I would say, yeah, my ass is probably most talked about on the blog. You mentioned your hair. I mean, there is something fabulous about that mane of yours, you know, speaking of the Lion King and that sort of thing, uh-huh. like your hair you know, is its own star. What do you do in regards to hair care and that sort of thing to get to that luscious hair? Yeah, um, I only shampoo my hair once every two weeks, if that. Um, I use a little bit of product, a little bit of hairspray. Um, my hair is very versatile right now. I can have it down. I can have it pulled back and swift like I usually do. I've been doing a couple of scenes parted down the middle, 
uh, just to kind of change it up. Uh, like I had just filmed with uh, Jake Preston, another men exclusive who's a lot younger than me. And so I wore my hair down because I felt like it brought my age down a couple of years. Um, so that kind of allows me to be more versatile with my um, scenes. Um, so if I'm playing like more of a daddy, older type, I'll slick it, my hair back because it makes me look a little older, masculine. Um, but for the normal day-to-day stuff, just I don't really wash it with shampoo, and I think that's been, like, the biggest thing because um, you're not really supposed to wash your hair with shampoo every day. Um, so that's really made my hair a little more luxurious, I would say. I'm just sort of now putting two and two things together because earlier you referenced that sometimes when you um... – you know, when, to get into character and that sort of thing. You bring in some, like, personal pieces of jewelry and that sort of thing, and with the Lion King. I mean, so that makes sense with now, like, the medallion that you wear. Yeah, that's a lion. Gucci. Yes, yes. <laughs> I mean, it's a whole lion thing. Yeah, and you have that oh, yeah. that incredible mane. I love me a brand. I love me a theme. Uh, Very nice. My house is full of cats and lions. Fantastic. All right. Let's focus back on you and yourself. Tell me something quirky about yourself that most people don't know. Something unique about Dom King. Something that people don't know. Um, I have this stuffed animal from uh, like Digimon that was a lot like Pokemon, Patamon, and I still have him, and I won't get rid of him. He's on display in my closet. Um, so that's something I guess quirky about me that I have a stuffed animal that I will not part with. Describe yourself in ten words or less. Porn stars come younger, but they don't come hotter. Very nice. You made it into a sentence. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> what are my options for a tagline? I love it. I love it. All right. So uh, as we start wrapping things up, let's allow your fans to get to know some of your favorites. I have this list of pop culture-oriented questions that should, you know, answer for the listeners, you know, all your likes and dislikes about the world of pop culture. So the first question in this set is, what are five of your most favorite television shows? Hmm, my favorite ty- five television shows, um, obviously Housewives, Real Housewives, uh, Sex in the City, uh, Chris Lilly with his shows Private School Girl and Summer Heights High, uh, Loved Golden Girls, that's our Housewives. Those are probably some of my favorite TV shows. Who are four of your all-time favorite music artists? Um, Miley Cyrus, Lana Del Rey, and Spice Girls are always on my top Spotify playlist every year. Um, yeah, I'll probably just go with them. Stevie Nicks, I like some old-school stuff like that. Tom Petty, Led Zeppelin. What are three of your most favorite films? Uh, movies, um, Nightmare for Christmas, definitely number one. Uh, it's a musical. It's brilliant. Takes two holidays into one. Love it. Uh, Spice World, Donnie Darko, the movie Saved, and I love Gone Girl. I'm curious to ask, what's your favorite song in the Nightmare Before Christmas? Oh, um, uh, I don't even know. They're all so good. Um, This Is Halloween is really good. Um, oh, I can't think on the spot. I love, I haven't watched it, I guess, I used to watch it every year, and the last couple of years I kind of fell off, but it'll always be my favorite. What are two foods you can't live without? 
Uh, spaghetti like mozzarella and Oreos. And what is one of your guilty pleasures? One of my guilty pleasures, um, probably Oreos. Um, I restrict myself from buying a package only on my birthday and Christmas usually. Um, yeah, I'd say Oreos. Just regular Oreos, double stuff. Some of the fancy regular. ones. I, I like the cookie part more than the cream. Oh, okay, interesting. Okay. Are you a fan of cookies and cream ice cream? Not so much. Oh, okay. It's more cream, I feel like, tasting than the cookie. Oh, okay. All right, all right. I understand. Okay. What are you currently binging? Are you currently binge-watching anything on any of the streaming platforms? Um, let's see. What did I just watch? Oh, Squid Games The Challenge. That was really good. Um... Southern Charm on Bravo, I just wrapped up. That was really good. Um, what else? The Selling OC, Selling Sunset. Love that. Um, and then just my usual Bravo shows. They're on rotation. Well, we're going to talk about that right now because right now it's time for Housewives 101 with Dom King. Listeners, if you are a fan of Dom King and you follow him on social media, you know that he loves a housewife and a housewife's franchise. So I want to get in, like, your take on everything that's been going down. But the first thing that I want to reference, that I want to mention, because you did talk about this on your social media a couple of months ago, you actually did what every Bravo-holic dreams to do one day outside of going to BravoCon, and that is going to a taping of Watch What Happens Live. What was that experience like for you? Who was the guest? Were you excited to see the guest? And, yeah, what was that like? Um, yeah, I was um, – so I was there. I love Bravo, so I would always love to have gone. Uh, I just kind of put it out in the world that, on Twitter that I was going to New York. Um, I was going there for a collab, and a digital producer had hit me up and said we would love to have you to a taping. Um, I thought it was pretty easy to go to a taping. I thought it was just like you buy a ticket a couple of days before and you go. But apparently they're very hard to get and usually used for like business and charities and stuff like that. Um, so I was honored to go. They gave me a plus one. So my sister flew in for the day. Um, I felt like she would be the only one that wouldn't ruin it for me. Um, so that was great. We got there. And then because of my little D-list celebrity, um, I was kind of – Given the red carpet, got to go behind the scenes, get better photos, um, all of that. And then um, the guests were like Heather Gay and Jackie Gold uh, Snyder. Um, it was a good show. Not my, uh, wasn't my favorite picks. They were taping Heather DeBrow the next day, uh, but they did not offer me that one. But I got to choose. They gave me um, a couple of days and the guests. So I went with the one with the two housewives, so just one. Um, so, yeah, it was a great experience. Got to talk to Andy. Um, we actually had conversation afterwards, um, and that was really cool. Told him that I was going to be the Kim K. <laughs> of the gay porn industry. I love it. Yeah. Fantastic. And he was, he was totally there for it. He said that he thinks that our industry is the next to move up. Because uh, I was talking about, like, how these housewives and these drag queens, like Trixie Mattel, how they've really taken their platform and started businesses and stuff like that. Very nice. All right. So now we're going to get down into the nitty and the gritty. 
So we're gonna, I'm going to like read off each franchise, and we're going to start off with most favorite and least favorite housewife that's currently on said franchise. So I'm going to go in ABC order, so starting off with uh, Real Housewives of Atlanta, most and least favorites of the current cast. I know that that oh. one's kind of in flux, but as far as yeah. the most recent season... Um, I mean, overall, I would say Kim Solciak and Nini, but they're not there anymore. So I would say I love Candy. I love me an activated Candy when she gets that high-pitched voice. Oh, I love it. And least favorite in Atlanta? Least favorite. Well, who knows who's really coming back. Um, but of the most recent season. Yeah. Um, well, I hear half of them aren't coming back. So those, <laughs> I guess that half, I'm not really that fond of uh sonia didn't really hit the mark with me drew didn't really care for um so i think the cast shakeup that they're going to do will be good all right Uh, i will be asking you about favorite of all time separately so just know that uh, you will get your chance for favorites of all time so next up is beverly hills it's currently in the middle of its season who's your most favorite and least favorite of the season thus far uh my favorite is I love Mia Kyle Richards always. Um, she's the OG. I'm a big Paris Hilton fan, so that's like family. Um, my least favorite on the cast. Jeez, I feel like this is a pretty good cast. I do like Erica this season. Sutton's funny. Garcelle's funny. Dorit, I do love. Um, so yeah, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really take anyone away from this season. Okay. What about Dubai? It has not been on air in, in a moment, but uh, who was your favorite? It's back. Yes, it is. Who was your favorite and uh, least favorite from Dubai? Caroline Stanberry. I loved her. I loved her in uh, Ladies of London. Um, so she's my favorite. Uh, least favorite? I did like Lisa Milan, too. Um Caroline Brooks, she didn't really hit the... She wasn't one of my favorites. Miami. Miami's currently in the middle of an explosive season. Favorites yeah. and... Uh, favorite love and least me, favorite. Miami. I watched Miami from the beginning. I always loved Miami. It was one of my favorites. Um, happy they brought it back. My favorites are definitely Lisa and Alexia. Um, least favorite is probably Julia, the gay one. <laughs> Let's talk about New Jersey. So so much about the new season has, has been sort of dropped. The cast is kind of split at the moment. But I want to get your take on favorites and least favorite. Who do you enjoy? Who do you not enjoy in regards to uh, New Jersey? Um, I've actually met Teresa. I actually was her bartender for uh, she had an event here at a gay bar. Um, so I got to meet her. Um, I do like Melissa Gorga. I am a Melissa Gorga fan. Um, and I really like Jen Aiden. She's hilarious. Uh, my least favorite, um, Jackie Goldsnyder, maybe the one that I saw watch that happens live. She's a writer, so I think that she should have had better taglines. They were too long about a minivan rolling over. I don't know. She's a flop for me. But she did get Teresa activated, so I will respect her in that. 
Next up, New York. New York was rebooted with a brand new cast. Its first season ended a couple of months ago. Your hot take on most favorite and least favorite in regards to new New York. Uh, yeah, so original OG New York was my favorite of all time of all the franchises. So I was very upset to see them go. Um, but my favorite this season, I loved Jessel. I thought she was really funny. And um, I thought her husband was like kind of hot in, in like a nerdy way. Um, my least favorite was probably Psy. Let's talk about uh, the OGs of the OC, uh, Orange County. Favorites and least favorite. Um, my favorite is Heather DeRoe. She's mother. Um, least favorite, probably like Emily and Gina. They can go. <laughs> Potomac. Potomac is currently in the middle of a season that is a little yeah. bit divisive on social media. So I want to get your take on favorites and least favorite. Uh, Karen Huger, uh, she was my all-time favorite from that cast. Uh, least favorite, mm, Robin isn't one of my favorites. Wendy isn't exactly one of my favorites. So I'd probably have to chop them, too, if I had to. And, of course, Salt Lake City. It's getting close to the end of an explosive season. Favorites and least favorite. Uh, Lisa Barlow is really funny to me. Uh, least favorite, Monica. I haven't, she hasn't won me over yet. All right, interesting. Okay. Now, what I want to do is get your take on who would you love to bring back? You know, all of these franchises, they've had cast members leave and return. Some have left and, and haven't returned. If you could bring someone back to add a little bit of spice to the franchise... Who would you bring back? I'm not going to go through all of the franchises because you might not have an answer for all of them. You know, if you're happy with the cast, then maybe someone doesn't need to return. But if you could bring anyone back from any of these casts, who would you bring back? Um, New York would be hard because there's so many good ones. Ramona was my favorite. Luann, Sonia. Um, those are probably my favorite three from the OG cast. Um, Bethany, she kind of went a little crazy. Um, let's see. Potomac, there hasn't really been anyone that's left, uh, because they've had kind of the same cast every year. Uh, so I can't really say anything for Potomac. Um, Potomac. Uh, Atlanta, definitely Nene Leakes and Kim Zolciak. Um, Salt Lake, there hasn't been really many people that have left. Uh, I mean, Jen Shaw, she would be great when she gets out of jail. Um, OC, I am a Vicky fan, so I would like to see Vicky back. Um, Beverly Hills, mm. I would like to see Camille Grammer, I liked her. Kim Richards, she's quirky. Uh, Elisa Vanderpump, I would love to see her back, and I hope, I think one day she will be. Um, and then let's see, what else? Is there any, who did I not, oh, New Jersey? Uh, uh, Danielle Staub, without a doubt. And then I liked Dallas, so they can bring that back. Rebooted or with the same cast? Uh, mostly with the same cast, I would like to see. Okay, so like a Miami-style relaunch. Yeah. Okay. All right. 
Now, what about favorites of all time? I know that you gave your favorites currently there on the shows, but if you miss someone, if there's someone out there that you haven't referenced that's your most favorite from the franchises, who who's your most favorite of all time? Or do you, or do you want to give like maybe just favorite of all time? Period. Um, Ramona, you, <laughs> I know she's kind of a topic of controversial. Right yeah, controversial. But Ramona was always my favorite. Um, she was just so blunt and hilarious with things that she said unfiltered. Um, so yeah, I would like to see Ramona back. Probably not anytime soon. That's not going to happen. Um, well, you'll see her in a, in about a week. Oh uh, yeah, 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 yeah. We will for the real um, uh, Ultimate Girls trip. It's not yeah, like they can edit that. her out of the entire. Yeah. you know what I'm saying. Yeah, so I would like to. Yeah, I'm excited to see her back. Um, yeah, New York was just overall my favorite, so I would love to see them all back. I would love for them to do almost like, and I don't think they're going to do it, clearly, based off of the fact that there are rumors of them casting new people, um, because it looks like Jen Alliance might not be coming back, and, and that sort of thing, and they want to also cast Friends of, and that sort of thing, but I would love a hybrid New York season, where it's like Jessel, Aaron, Bryn, and Uba with like the Countess, Sonya, and maybe Dorinda. Like, I think that, those seven right there could be really interesting. I probably would have said Ramona before her most, her most yeah. recent controversy. Yeah, I feel like they should do more Friends of, and they definitely should bring, Bravo fans love the nostalgic of like old uh, uh, old New York, numbers. yeah. No, I totally Anytime understand they... that. And I get why they didn't do it the first season, because they want those yeah. women to sort of stand on their own, and they don't want sort of like old New York to be seen as a crutch. But my hope is that they they end up bringing them on maybe as friends or special guest stars and that sort of thing. Yeah. I think that would be, be interesting. smart of them. Uh, I mean, Denise Richards and Camille, they had a cameo on Beverly Hills, and even when uh, Adrian has a cameo, people love it, people, and then they use that for marketing for the whole entire season that they, you know, showed up, so I think it would be smart for them to do more Friends of, even if it's like a Miami style where it's like Marisol and uh, Adriana, where they're basically full-time cast members. Uh, and I don't Kiki. Think need... And who's that? I oh, mean, Kiki's Kiki, yeah. pretty much a full-time cast member as well. I mean, Miami yeah. has done a really interesting thing with using the Friends of, I mean, it's almost kind of like the Marlowe um, imprints because Marlo, when she was a friend of, I mean, she was involved yeah. heavily. So they're doing that with Miami with the OGs, Marisol and Adriana, and even with the newbie Kiki, like they're pretty much involved in everything. I mean, I was surprised that recently we saw a scene without any of the full-time cast members and it was just two friends. Yeah, I saw that. That was fascinating. I don't think I've ever seen that on any other franchise. It was Marisol and Kiki having a scene together without any of the mojito holders. And I thought that was, I was like, all right, look at that. And it was a yeah, scene that was relevant. Yeah, I, I don't think that we need personal life uh, storyline for every cast member, so I think it's okay when we don't get their whole home life. True. That is true. Yes. Um, you know, even some official, you know, housewives, uh, you know, sometimes we don't need to see their home life because it, yeah. it might just not be interesting. 
Okay, so what I want to do now is kind of get the good, the bad, and the ugly. You know, Dom King's sort of status report on all of these various franchises and where you think they're doing really good and where you think they're doing really bad. And we'll go in reverse order. We went sort of like an ABC order with the franchises when I asked you about favorite and least favorite. So let's start off at the end with Salt Lake City, the good, the bad, and the ugly of the current state of Salt Lake City. I want to get your hot um, take. I think they have a pretty good cast. Um, uh, this will be hard. Um, all these will be kind of hard. Um, I mean, if they can just wait for Jen Shaw to get out of jail, that would be you great. You think so? I feel like there has been such a huge weight lifted from the series yeah. with Jen Shaw not there that I feel like she isn't even needed. Yeah. I would like to see, like, her story, though, after the fact. Um, like, for Atlanta, I would they should have, with Kim Zolciak's divorce and drama they should have gotten cameras up and I would love to have seen like that aspect, her selling her bags, her going through foreclosure and her divorce. Um, so I think that would have been really interesting to watch New York. Let's say bring, like you said, the hybrid and bring some old cast members. Um, Beverly Hills. Just, I feel like everything just needs the old cast members back. Uh, same thing for OC, bring Vicky Gretchen and Alexis. Alexis is supposed to be coming back this season, um, but I would like to see that. Um, like I said, for Beverly Hills, Camille Grammer, Denise Richards, I feel like she was good. Um, Miami, I feel like they're pretty strong and solid. Um, and Atlanta, they need a whole cast shakeup, so we'll see what happens with that. And New Jersey, uh, this Melissa Gorga and Teresa Feud, that needs to end. Yeah, Andy Cohen needs to step in and, and try yeah. and do something. I know that I don't watch Jersey, but I know that it's much more of a family. You know, it's about the families and that sort of thing. Um, but, yeah, there there needs to be some sort of healing there. Because from the rumors that I heard, even though I don't watch Jersey, I do follow along with, you know, the rumor mill and that sort of thing. If the cast is split and they're doing separate events and that sort of thing. I mean, that's not really why you watch these shows. I mean, you watch the shows to see everybody together, everybody reacting to whatever's going down. I don't know what that's going to look like. Um, I'm sure they're speaking very positively about it, you know, just because they want to sell the season to the fans. But um, as someone that doesn't even watch, I'm like, okay, that sounds not at all interesting to me. I'm just saying. Yeah, the New Jersey Twitter fans are the craziest. I feel like every franchise has crazy fans. They're all intense. No, New Jersey's the craziest. Okay, all right. I trust you on that. I don't know anything about Jersey based off of just stuff that I read. And the only other franchise you had to mention is Potomac, because I'll be honest, oh, I feel cool. like Potomac needs like a Miami-style reboot. I feel like they need to keep half of the cast half the cast needs to leave and they bring on new people. Yeah. I like most of them. Like all the OGs I would keep. Um, and then just got to fight, find something. Cause Gazelle and Karen's uh, relationship, they're the ones that really make it. Uh, I like their relationship, but my problem is I feel like Giselle is the one that's bringing the show down. Her feuds now with Wendy and Candace the fact that, yeah. you know, they can't even be cordial, um, it, it's it's bringing the show down. And her whole sort of, like, 
Giselle seems to be creating her own version of the Fox Force, you know, what Beverly Hills yeah. kind of had. And it it kind of sucks seeing five against three throughout the entire season, you know, and bringing up similar storylines every year. It's like the only thing that they can, they being the GEBs, that they have against Karen is saying that she's cheating or something. Like every season we have to deal with that. And then when yeah. Giselle, um, listen, I don't know how she felt personally, but based off of what she said, it wasn't that extreme for her to make accusations against Candace's husband. And taking that storyline, making it so dark, and not having any real resolutions, not having an apology at the end of the season, like, it's just, for me, it's a mess. If I were in charge, I'd keep Karen, Wendy, uh, Candace, either Mia or Ashley... I would probably put Giselle on a Lisa Rinna-style pause or a Dorinda-style pause. Like, pause her for a season or two, you know, and then she can come back. I do think that Giselle is important to the show, but what she's doing now to sort of drag the show down and taking it, taking it into a darker direction isn't working for me. Like, this isn't, like, the fun Potomac that we've seen before. Mm-hmm. And what they're doing with NECA... And, uh, you know, bringing in sort of like the Nigerian caste system and religion and voodoo and witchcraft. I mean, it's they're dealing with subject matter that I don't feel like the cast has the nuance to be able to discuss. I mean, they could barely handle colorism and and classism. And so it's like, why are they going in this direction? It's it's a bit much. The ratings are still good, so unfortunately, they, it isn't like Atlanta where like the ratings yeah. were so low that they have to do something. But I mean, the similar storylines. I mean, I've seen so many complaints about that on Twitter that maybe they'll realize that they have to make some sort of changes. I will also say, behind the scenes oriented, the same production company that's behind Atlanta is behind Potomac. And clearly yeah. the showrunners have favorites. And it's becoming much more obvious in regards to who gets camera time and the storylines. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I have a lot of thoughts about Potomac because it's currently on <laughs> and, and it's disappointing. You know what I'm saying? Salt Lake City yeah. has been really good. Miami has been really good. I think a lot of people were worried about Beverly Hills when Reno left. And, and that has been really good. So it's um, a little disappointing that Potomac isn't you know, as storyline-wise, as fantastic as some of the other franchises. I mean, who knew Salt Lake City was going to be this good this season? Yeah. And we haven't even gotten to that mysterious phone call in Bermuda. <laughs> yeah. Or the fact that the entire cast isn't talking to Monica. But, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see that. Yeah, that's going to be really interesting to watch. All right, any final thoughts? Was there anything that you didn't get out in regards to any of the franchises? Any hopes for... You know, some of the franchises that will be returning in the year 2024? Uh, nope. I guess um, all I can say is hopefully one day I'm a guest uh, bartender. I watch what happens live, and that's what I'm aiming for. <laughs> right. Or you, like, at one of the events of, like, one of the franchises. Yeah. Could you imagine? Yes. Hey, dreams do come true. You know, let's, let's yeah. see if it ends up happening. You were on Watch What Happens Live, so... 
you know, anything can happen. All right, Dom King. So what's next for you? What's coming up for you in the near future? We are at the end of an incredible year for you. So uh, what's to come in the year 2024 or maybe even at the end of this month? Is there anything that the listeners and your fans should expect and anticipate from you in the very near future? Uh, just some great content coming from men. Um, I am nominated for a few awards. Um, my scene with Clark Reed studs for men that got uh, an X biz nominated for best sex scene. Uh, so that's pretty awesome. Uh, and then for the gay VNs, my good rubber with Sam Ledger that got nominated for best featurette. Uh, so hoping for that, uh, I got nominated for best duo scene with Johnny Donovan and then I'm nominated for Best Newcomer, so I'm really hoping for that one. Fantastic. Congratulations. I mean, that's such an incredible way to cap this phenomenal year of yours. Major props. Major props to you. I'm sure th- these are like the first of many awards yes. and that sort of thing. Yes, so. this is my first, will be my first time attending. Uh, already trying to pick out my outfit. feel like this is like my BravoCon. Love it, love it. By the way, would you ever do BravoCon? I actually wanted to go this past year, but tickets sell out, like, within the instant they go on, they go live, so it is not cheap, too. Yeah, that is what I've read, yes, but, you know, certainly something for the bucket list. Yeah, one day, yeah, I definitely wanted to. Yes. How can your fans reach you? Where can they find you on the web, social media, all of the important uh, links to where they can find your content and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um, my OnlyFans is Dom King, one word. Um, my Twitter is Dom underscore King 91. Instagram, if you type in Dom King, I'll come up. Um, and I think that's about it. All my uh, social medias, you find one, you can find the other. Perfect. Well, this does bring us to the end of our interview. Your first ever podcast interview, by the way, yes, let me just say. Yes. So, yes. Is there anything that you'd like to say to your fans and supporters that are tuning in? Um, I feel like I have a great fan base. So I'm thankful for them. Um, so let's bring home some awards. And, yeah, I'm here for a long time. Um, so I don't plan on being short uh, in this industry. So, yeah, you'll be seeing a lot more of me. I did just think about the porn star that I want to work with, my number one, uh, Russell Angelo. I know he's not in America, but he was one person that I've always wanted to work with. Perfect. I'm glad that we got to put that out there because hopefully that <laughs> will end up happening. Yes, manifestation. I love it. All right, Dom King. Well, I certainly want to thank you so much for the interview. Awesome. Thank you for having me. You're welcome, and thank you for allowing me and sort of my platform to be the home of your very first interview. I hope that this is the first of many interviews with you. It would be awesome to follow along with your career as your star continues to grow and continues to get brighter. Yes, thank you. You're welcome. And listeners, I also want to thank you for tuning in to One on One with Poppy Chulo. Before we go, here's our announcer to remind you on how you can interact with us. Thank you for downloading One on One with Poppy Chulo. Here are a few helpful reminders. For more information on One on One with Poppy Chulo, visit poppychuloradio.com slash afterdark. 
Follow Poppy Chulo on Twitter at twitter.com slash poppychulo one on one. That's at Poppy Chulo. The number one. The word on. And the number one. Like us on Facebook, facebook.com slash radio. Follow us on Twitter, twitter.com slash radio. Do you have any questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns? Email us via contact at poppychularadio.com. Are you interested in joining the Poppy Chula Radio team as an on-air personality? Email talent at poppychularadio.com. Binge listen to your favorite Poppy Chula Radio programs by visiting poppychularadio.com slash archives. Back to you, Poppy Chulo. Thanks, announcer. And with that, Dom King and I would like to wish you and yours a wonderful night. Good night, listeners. Good night. Thanks for listening to One on One with Poppy Chulo. To contact us with any of your questions, suggestions, comments, or concerns, email us at contact at poppychuloradio.com. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter by going to twitter.com slash poppychuloradio. And like us on Facebook by visiting facebook.com slash poppychuloradio. Be sure to listen again next week as we continue to showcase exclusive interviews with some of the adult industry's most popular male performers. This is Ben Patrick Johnson saying good night and have a wonderful week. <laughs>